Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit LeiaHealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always. Lads, did you know one of the longest running cases on the FBI's books involves Ireland? I want you to have a listen to this. It's alleged that she was poisoned at her son's fifth birthday party. And all eyes turned to Joe Maloney. Then it was pretty immediate that he was the prime suspect. Facing a lifetime in prison, Joe Maloney managed to escape and went on the run. For 20 years, he lived amongst us here in Ireland. It's incredible to think that we were fooled so much. Yeah, he fooled us all. Before he escaped again. (sighs) Poisoned at her own son's fifth birthday party, I mean... Wow, it's an incredible and shocking story and one that involves someone who has never been caught. Reporter and producer Pavel Barter has been researching the story of Joe Maloney for over a year now and Pavel's here in studio. I'm so happy to have you in studio. Thank you so much for doing this, first of all, and good morning. Good morning. Thank you, Jen. Okay, let's start with who Joseph Maloney was at the very start, before any crime was committed. So Joseph Maloney was born in Rochester in upstate New York, towards the Canadian border, a little town up there, to two Irish parents who had emigrated from the Leash area around the 1930s or so, or late 1920s. Rochester was known for Kodak Xerox and other photographic industries. Okay. He grew up uh, to become an expert in the demolitions trade. Um, he liked playing with gunpowder. He was also a bit of a fantasist who conned his way into medical school in Rochester pretending he was a doctor, which he wasn't. He liked assuming other identities. Okay. So what happened to his wife, June, in 1967? June had left Joe after five years of marriage. They had two children citing physical and emotional abuse. And uh, in May of 1967, he persuaded her to come round to the house where he was going to hold a birthday party for the five-year-old, their five-year-old boy. At that party, he fixed her a couple of cocktails, a couple of Manhattans. She came home, immediately fell ill. A few days later, was taken to hospital where she fell into a coma. And died. An autopsy was done and they ascertained from the autopsy a substance called methyl alcohol in her system, which is commonly used in antifreeze. Mm-hmm. And they found out that Joe had been around to a friend's house where he had stole some of this methyl alcohol and the empty bar, uh, the empty bottle was found in his basement. Okay. Messy. A messy criminal. I mean, he, he was caught, he was charged with murder, but, but he escaped. Yeah. So what? How hap- did he escape? Well, what happened was he was uh, managed to persuade the judge after he was indicted for first degree murder, but before the trial to go to hospital for psychiatric assessment. What the authorities didn't know was that his father had worked in that hospital as a as a uh, night watchman, I think, and Joe himself had worked there as a janitor. So he knew the layout of the place. He fashioned a key out of an electric razor and escaped during a dance one night, um, a charity dance, and disappeared. A manhunt ensued. The FBI were involved because they thought he had left the state, but there was no sign of Joe Maloney. He'd vanished. He just vanished. And what happened to the children? So the children... 
The children were stuck in limbo for years. Uh, Joey Jr. was five, of course. Mm. Patty Ann was around 18 months or so. Um, their mother was gone. Their mother was dead. Their father had absconded. Because he was their legal father and guardian, they couldn't be adopted for years. They were stuck in this limbo with social services. So those poor children are part of the legacy of his alleged crime. Yeah. OK, so the connection to Ireland. Let's talk about that. How do we know he was here? So they discovered his existence in Ireland under the most unusual of circumstances. There was an incident in a house in Kalini. Some reports describe as a burglary, some reports describe as a kind of confidence racket. Either way, he was one of the people in the house at that time. So the guardie, and the guardie are part of our documentary series, Runaway Joe, um, the guardie took everyone's fingerprints in order to eliminate them from inquiries, but they were already suspicious about this man called Michael O'Shea, who had suddenly turned up in the local area and was a bit of a Dell boy. They sent those prints to Interpol, and Interpol came back with a match for Joe Maloney, the man who'd been on the run oh my God. since 1967. That is crazy. And under the name of Michael O'Shea, he married again. He married in 1974 in Dalkey. He lived around the kind of Dalkey, Glenageary area. Oh, very nice. Um, yeah, he had a garage, well, garage in Dunleary, of which he sold when the shopping centre moved in around 74 or so. And he married a woman called Sheila Chandler O'Shea, who's the girl next door, literally the girl next door to his house in Glenageary. They married and they were together for 11 years. And all like all the information that we found out, she didn't know that he was Joe Maloney until it was too late. That is some lie you're living. And also, he must have been well connected. Now, I'm going out on a limb here. I'm doing my own today. But like to get set up completely and to, you know, be married and walk among society and the community and nobody bat an eyelid for years and years and years is crazy. Well, he was incredibly resourceful. A, yeah. B, he was very charismatic by all accounts, Michael O'Shea. And C, he was the sort of person who would um, use people's good faith to his advantage. Um, he was also an, an expert, a specialist in certain things. But you have to remember that Michael O'Shea didn't actually exist. He was mm. a character that was created by a con man. And he got arrested again in the 1980s and escaped Again. Yeah. So what happened the his second time, the second time was a mixture of good luck and you could say institutional failure as well, because an extradition treaty had been formed in late 84. He was arrested. Everything was uh, put in place to get him sent back to America. But he was he was put in the joy and then in Port Leash prison. And then the extradition treaty was collapsed. He was released from prison in 1986, disappeared and hasn't been seen since. Okay, has not been seen since. So he's now a fugitive and nobody knows where he is. But the Doc and One team have gone even further than the FBI. So what have you uncovered? Well, we've uncovered a lot of things about his existence, first of all, in Ireland. That, that you know, this story has just gathered dust. Literally, when we got access to the district attorney case files in Rochester. They were in boxes, you know, it was paper. This is pre-digital. Um, so we found out things about Joe. We found out things about his life even before the alleged homicide. Um, there were two children who were taken into the adoption system eventually. 
but we found that he had other children and one of those children um, is involved in the series and oh, wow. will be in the episode which is which is out on Friday. Um, and then in terms of where he went, we have a pretty good idea of where he went after he left Ireland. And like I walked into your studio today, Jen, with a big bag, which mm-hmm. is I sitting outside bag, the other yeah. room. Um, and myself and Tim Desmond, the producer on the show, are flying out to a country tomorrow where we believe he may have gone to. I can't say where that is because we just we need to get sort of collaboration that you know sure. he, he did go there. All I can say is that it is a country that didn't and I think still doesn't have extradition with the United States. Well, that's where you'd go. Yeah. That's where you'd go. Sometimes when you're doing stuff like this, do you not just turn to your family and friends go, I did not sign up for this. This could be pretty dangerous. <laughs> I mean, how are you feeling about this trip? Well, he's he's 88, you know. Ah, okay. So, um, <laughs> to be honest with you, you know, the, the purpose and the function since the beginning has been June. June Maloney, you know, his wife, sure. the woman who was killed. Um, we've had a lot of help from people like um, in the next episode, actually, you'll hear Laura Sweeney. And Laura is the liaison officer for the Gardaí for cases of domestic abuse and coercive control. And what um, Laura illustrated very, um, you know, very well for me was how the specificities of this case, his treatment of June up to and including the murder are actually commonalities on the spectrum of domestic violence. Mm -hmm. For example, the majority of domestic homicides take place within a year of the victim leaving the abuser. And so for all, you know, the talk about cocktails and parties and everything, ultimately what happened here, allegedly, is that a man killed his wife three months after he left her. So that is really the focus for us. And that, you know, any potential risks about some 88-year-old guy in a wheelchair, um, you know, are trumped Mm. by the fact that June needs justice and Joe Maloney needs accountability. So what do you need to find out and can our listeners help in any way? They have so far. Um, Throughout the the first few episodes of this series, we've had a lot of people getting in touch with us who knew Joe or Michael O'Shea, as he was known in Ireland, and knew Sheila Chandler O'Shea, his wife, who passed away in 2010. And really anyone with any information at all would be most welcome to contact us in confidence, if you like, at documentaries at rte.ie. We know that there are people in Ireland who know where they went. And the one thing that I would say is that if he is dead and there's every possibility that he is is dead, there is nothing left to hide anymore other than his there has been no closure for June's family and and for Joe's children. There has been no closure. So... We just want to write the last chapter in this book. And if listeners can help us do that, that would be great. Okay. And where can people listen to the podcast? So you can listen to it wherever you get your podcasts Mm -hmm. and obviously on the RTE website. Pavel, thank you so much. It's fascinating. You mind yourself um, on your trip. And the first few episodes of Runaway Joe are available now with the new episodes publishing weekly from Friday. Listen on RTE Radio Player on iOS and Android or on all major podcast apps. We'll be back with more after this. 
Jen Zamparelli on 2FM with Leia Healthcare. Always a beat ahead. Visit leiahealthcare.ie. Leia Healthcare, looking after you always.